Lock us in, load us in, pop in that A-track, spin the tape. Here we go. everyone welcome back to our last star wars celebration 2019 live cast that's right it's matt and nick and i'm dragging a little bit of ass because i got a little crazy last night <laughs> at some bar where there was naked people i don't know what was going on all i know is i started my night with a drink called the hop bomb and those hops definitely soused my brain so i may not have as much pep in my voice as usually i'm trying it's a bit of a struggle let's just say my day started with some vomit maybe some pooping and then <laughs> and then it got better from there nick because we got to attend live in person the mandalorian panel of star wars celebration 2019 it was beautiful which was well worth dragging my dead ass out of bed for after, you know, four or five hours of drunk sleep. In a blizzard, too. I mean, we're in Chicago now. If you're here at Celebration, you know that the weather has taken a turn for the cold and blurry here on Sunday. It's not looking good. I mean, it's been kind of chilly the whole week, but at least the sun's been out. So, you know, you're just getting hit with the old windy city stuff. But now it's just pure shit outside I mean, yeah. it's wet snowy slushy slippy but that did not prevent us from attending the mandalorian panel at the Wintrust arena we were there in person like i said and dude what a panel i mean it was an interesting panel if, if those of you are listening if you watch the live stream you kind of got to see how it flowed you didn't get to see some of the special stuff we did but i'm sure it's leaked out there by now anyways i mean i may or may not have recorded video but I'm not going to do anything with it because, my luck, I'd be the one that gets sued, yeah. arrested, and sent to jail. Favreau would come after you directly. Right. Um, but it was it was a good panel because, like I said, it was it was different in terms. It didn't really have a, an MC. I mean, it was literally Kathleen just wheeled out John and Dave, Dave Filoni, and they just kind of went at it. It was it was very casual, and then they eventually brought out the the main cast, which was awesome. We we. Got some clarity on our cast members, Nick, which was big, but uh, just overall general feel the Mandalorian. What, what were you thinking? I think after seeing the clips, after seeing the special edition little thing we got to see at the end of the panel, this show is going to be exactly what we wanted it to be. Yeah, we talked so. about it a lot after the announcement leading up, something gritty, something that's more mature. Uh-huh. And and from what we can see, it's definitely going to be that. I mean, it's it's definitely in the in the vein of old westerns when when Pedro Pascal was asked, you know, who he used as inspiration or who like his character is molded after, he just said he's got a lot of Clint Eastwood in him. And, you know, that's that's kind of cool. You know, it's kind of cool to see Star Wars traveling in that direction, away from like the the religious aspects of the Jedi and the Sith, and you know the yeah. the intergalactic battle. Now moving more towards the small scale. You have the underground. You have the Bounty Hunters Guild, which was officially announced. the The Bounty Hunter, the Bounty Hunters Guild, is run by Carl Weathers' character, 
His name is Grief Marga. Karga, I guess. Karga. What it, yeah, Grief Karga. Karga. We heard, misheard that. We I, were like, I like the name. Yeah. I like the name, Grief Karga. So, yeah, like Nick said, we did get to meet the, the main cast. So, to round it out, obviously, Pedro playing, still just called the Mandalorian. Uh, Gina Carano, I was way off on who she was going to be. You know, At one point in time, we heard rumors that he was going to be given a bounty, which we got to see a scene play out, by the way, people. That was awesome. It wasn't just a trailer we got to see a scene and and kind of the, the scene i believe will be episode one footage sending him on his main mission but anyways we thought that p- possibly carano's character nick was going to be the baby that he doesn't kill for the yeah. bounty and that they you know they kind of would fast forward years later and they're fighting hand in hand kind of as like a sidekick and i still think she may end up tagging along with him i i have a feeling this bounty's going to go bad yeah and they're kind of going to get paired together but you can tell i don't think she's a full-on bounty hunter because the scene we saw you know he's like hey what's she yeah what is she doing she what's she doing here you know basically implying she's not a bounty hunter but she's a cara dune who is an ex-rebel shock trooper which is interesting in and of itself um and then like we said carl weathers he's the other main he's playing grief who's kind of the, the this head of this bounty hunter guild he's a, he's a guy that the mandalorian would go to uh for a puck i think is what yeah. they're calling them. these the pucks essentially the bounties that allow the bounty hunters to track down the bounties and obviously take them out and get the cash um so again like the panel was just super low-key Favreau and Filoni were just kind of interviewing each other, and then they brought out the cast, and they really couldn't say much. Yeah. So I guess what Nick and I, what, what we're going to focus on, that we were shown a series of three videos. There, The first one was just pure behind the scenes. It, it, we, we would call it a featurette, and I guarantee mm-hmm. it's probably going to release tonight or by the end of Celebration. I'm not sure why it's not out yet, to be honest with you. Uh, so we saw that. Then they talked more. Then we saw, like I said, I think Nick and I, we, we decided it was anywhere between a five to seven minute clip. I mean, a full on scene played out, probably from the first episode. And then we got the kind of the teaser sizzle at the end, which I'm still surprised has not been released in full. But whatever, we saw it. So we're going to go ahead and explain what we saw. So Nick, go ahead and dive into that little behind the scenes yeah. clip we got. The, the behind the scenes was really cool because Favreau introduced it as basically... You know how we're doing the visual effects on this on this show, and people now know that that Star Wars is heavily a mix of the CG animated stuff, and then also you have uh, practical effects. And this particular behind the scenes footage took us to uh, to a location at Skywalker Ranch where they're building an actual model or an ILM where they're building an actual model of the Raven Crest, Raven's Crest, is it which Raven is Raven or Razor Crest. It might have been Razor Crest. Yeah, we, we, we got some of the name, but the Razor Crest yeah. is, is going to be Mandalorian right. ship, yeah. and it looked kind of cool. I mean, it, it is a mix of designs we've seen in the prequel and newer uh, trilogies, but yeah, we're thinking Razor Yeah, Crest. Razor Crest. So we get to see this, this miniature being built out. John goes into a lot of detail about how the ILM team jumped at the oh, ability. It was, it was a lot of guys from the original Star Wars essentially... He said that it became a Star Wars Builders Club in these meetings because they they were like, oh, the Mandalorian might be using some practical stuff. Yeah. Favreau said something about miniatures, and so these people just started crafting stuff at their houses and bringing it in, and yeah. it eventually got used in the, in the sizzle teaser. We got to see the footage of the ship being animated, and it really was just a stationary miniature. So. Yeah. 
that we got that, but we also got Nick. It was more of a this is the Mandalorian. Here's mm-hmm. the cast. You know, there was interviews with Pedro. Yep. I think Gina was in there. Carl maybe. And, and you got kind of some B-roll looks of the sets and, and the, the practical stuff being used on the set in the world that was built. Again, this is all shot in L.A., but it feels like it's set in that galaxy from far, far away. So, I mean, the featurette was, I don't think it revealed anything. Yeah, nothing that we major. really... Major, I mean, obviously these things are highly curated. They're not going to release anything that's going to be... Yeah. Uh, reveal a major spoiler-laden type of secret, so... Uh, but it, it was more just kind of, hey, this is who we are. This is our series. This is our crew. This is how we work. This was our philosophy going into it. And really, Nick, they said all the right things. I mean, the, the, from the look of the world to the tone of the narratives we're probably going to get. This is, I'm not going to say, it's the, you know, big boy Star Wars, but it is kind of Game of Thrones-ish type of Star Wars. Yeah. In, 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 in terms of the tone of this series. Yeah, and then, you know, if we skip ahead a little bit just to give context the the sizzle reel that we got was not light on violence is you know what i would say there's people that are getting their you know getting shot getting electrocuted yeah. fight you know burning down buildings dead by it, it, it had a very similar feel to me to Rogue how about One. that shot we've never seen this before but there's a shot where i, I don't know if it's the mando and i love that they call him the mando because yeah. I mean, that's what we've been calling yeah, it forever call man. it really yeah. makes no sense because it's man duh Mandalorian, like it's an A. Yeah. Actually, when we first started the site, the tag I created for the Mandalorian was spelled the Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, I'm not really sure where I was going there before I cut myself off. So, uh. <laughs> But, I mean, basically, from what we can see and what we saw... Oh, no, I'm sorry. It, it, was, a, it was a shot from the teaser, yeah. Nick, where... You get to see for the first time a trooper getting his his helmet mashed in, and it, it literally breaks the front of the front of the yeah. helmet gets smashed by I guess like the butt of the Mando's gun or something. Yeah, th- so that that just goes to show that this this sh- series is pulling no punches. Like they're gonna give you violence pretty much like we've only seen within Rogue One in the Star Wars universe. Like if you remember that that war scene or that that battle that kind of took place on Jetta with you know the the imperial tank coming in yeah, and yeah, there's yeah. just like this exactly. big huge skirmish that has that feeling you know the mandalorian has the feeling of that scene from rogue one um, and then also it's just the way that pedro pascal plays his character from in, in the scenes that we were able to to watch i mean it's a perfect tone like he's not some co- like some kind of uh, you know, overstated Django Fett type of character where he's got his chest out and he's running. He is, no, yeah. You know, he's he's understated, but everybody knows that he's the best. Like he's he's a badass, and he, you know, he does like that. I'm glad you brought that up because this his physical performance does it. It did remind me of of Boba Fett in the original trilogy. Just yeah. kind of, you, you could tell he's one of the baddest men in the room, but he's very low key about it. He, He's almost unassuming, even though he's very assuming because he's in that that armor, which is obviously iconic. Uh, but yeah, Nick's right. He's not, you know, hey, hey, I'm the Mandalorian. I'm the best bounty hunter in the motherfucking galaxy. No, it's he's very reserved. You can tell he takes his profession very seriously and doesn't fuck around. But you can also tell that he is highly respected within the bounty hunting, whatever you want to call it, community. I mean, you, you can tell he's... He's kind of in with this grief guy that's played by Carl Weathers, who's going to be 
dealing out bounties and this, that, and the other thing. That's kind of his position in the galaxy at this point in time. But uh, I, I did dig how Pedro was bringing him to life. Even the voice. I mean, that wasn't over-modulated. I mean, no, yeah. it sounded like dude wearing a helmet and talking. I mean, yeah. Again, very, very Boba Fett-like, just without Tamir Morrison's voice dialogue going on or dialect so i liked what we saw in those in that behind the scenes feature i think and i do hope they release it because it just you get to see how much fun the cast was having all the practical work they were doing in terms of stunts this that and the other thing yeah apparently gina and carl just did all their own stunts like john said that at one point you know he's making this series at the same time as he's making the lion king so he would leave set go do some Lion King visual effects stuff, come back, and they have Gina fallen from a building, and Carl's got, like, you know, a squib, which is one of the fake bullets, like, attached to him, taking a shot and falling backwards onto to mattresses and stuff like that, and he's he's freaking out. He's You know, he said that, you know, these are our stars. You can't be doing this stuff with our stars. Where are the stunt doubles? But, I mean, Gina, if anybody knows who Gina Carano is, former MMA fighter, MMA, you know, world champion, female world champion... And then also, I mean, when she got into the acting game, she right, she was in the first one, yeah. Deadpool. Yep, Deadpool as one of Angel. the bad guys. Yeah, so yeah. so she's she's been around the block, and she's definitely not afraid to to take some bumps and bruises for the. Uh, I'm I'm almost most excited to just see her character brought to life because I mean we we got to see a shot of her. I mean they, they revealed yeah. some some concept art and her in costume, and she really is the perfect actress for this role. I mean because she is a she is a well-built woman. I mean, she could fuck shit up, and that's pretty much who she's playing, it looks like. It looks, like I said, like we're predicting here, I believe her and the Mandalorian will maybe team up, not by on purpose, but maybe through circumstance, because it, it also looks like they're going to get into a little bit of a, tussle. a competition tussle type of fight. Yeah. Uh, they seem to be equally matched. They both draw at the same time. You know, We saw that in the teaser. Uh, so it's, it's, it's looking good. A lot of good stuff here. I mean, uh, the, the, one of the interesting stories to me, Nick, is how they talked about they used members of the 501st Legion yeah. to actually shoot scenes. I mean, I guess they had a big uh, need for a stormtrooper presence in one of the episodes. And instead of buying and building more costumes, they just put out a call to the 501st. They came out in full force as to be expected. And they found out that they were going to be in The Mandalorian. I mean, how awesome would that be? Yeah, and like like John said, surprising that that hasn't leaked. Like, we didn't know about this at all right. until we walked into the panel and they revealed that. But, you know, there was a big shot. You know, we were looking at the big screen behind the uh, the people on the stage. And the shot of the 501st there with all the, the main crew was fantastic. I mean, uh, from all accounts, from Gina, from Carl, from... John and Dave, like these guys and girls were professional. Like they came, they came to work. They came with, I mean, Dave even said that their costumes were better than some of the props that they used. And and they were showing people how stormtroopers would actually act, how they would march, how they would behave in an attack situation, this, that, and the other thing. How to hold the gun, everything. That was just, I mean, that's awesome fandom right there. I mean, again, we're talking fan service that may be the theme of Star Wars Celebration 2019, at least from the big stuff we've seen. I mean, Fallen Order looks like we're getting some fan service thrown our way. Obviously, Episode Nine and what we saw with Rise of Skywalker, I believe there's some fan service baked into that too. And we're getting it here. And John did point out, Nick, that 
brand new fans could come into the Mandalorian, but also fans that have been fans for 40 plus years or multiple decades would also get tons out of it because of all the Easter eggs and the, the richness they've kind of baked into this universe of the Mandalorian. Oh yeah, even within the, the teaser that we saw, there was some good Easter eggs thrown in there. We had a gonk droid at one point. Awesome. Kind of he got multiple gonks in too. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's really... So let's just go right into it, Nick. Yeah. So Nick's talking about a clip. We got to see, again, five to seven minute long clip. It, I believe it's from episode one of the series, which, by the way, is debuting November 12th, which is the premiere date or the launch date of Disney+. Plus, As to be expected, right? Yeah. I mean, you're not launching Disney+, Plus without your, your first it's Star flagship. Wars live action. I mean, you, you need that. I, I still think Disney+, Plus is going to probably have how many millions of subs? Day within, one. Yeah, the first <laughs> weekend, they're probably going to have, hell... 10 million easy, right? Yeah, I would imagine is that, so. Is that, that too low? I mean, yeah, I mean, remember Disney Plus, not only are you going to have all this this custom curated content, you're also going to have every fucking Disney movie out there. Yeah, ever. There is no more vault, my friends. The vault is gone. Movies no longer go in the vault and they only come out at certain times. They're all going to be there. The, the the Snow Whites, the Cinderella's all the way up through, you know, the, the Moana's and the newer stuff. Um, but back to the clip, dude. So, believe it's coming in episode one for sure. Oh, yeah. And it kind of sets up the, if you want to call it the MacGuffin, what's going to get the Mandalorian probably into the meat of the series. And he, you know, goes to grief. Yep. Uh, grief's, it seems, it, the, the tone we're getting here, Nick, is that everyone's kind of uh, going through a tough time now that the Empire is gone. It's yeah. been five years, the rebellion, the revolution one is what they're calling it. Uh, but a lot of people pointed out just because the empire was vanquished, uh, it doesn't mean life's any better. And in some cases, it's probably worse for people. So that's yeah. kind of the tone they're setting there. Even bounty hunters are struggling to get to get good bounties. I mean, that's uh, the Mandalorian's like, dude, five thousand credits. That's not even worth the fuel cost for me to go get this bounty. Yeah. So it, it's a lot to do with just a lack of governmental structure. I mean, we hear it. Um, from an imperial character that we get introduced to. So like Matt was saying, he's the Mandalorian is talking to Grief, give me something, there's nothing worth his time, and then Grief has another yeah, a little, bounty. A little secret deal yeah. that, he, that he pulls kind of out of his back pocket. There's, one of those, yeah, no puck for this. Right. That's what they call off Off-the-book type of deals here. Yeah, so Mando follows up on that. He did, He's not given an exact price, but he, he follows up on the lead and ends up in a in a room with what looks like some sort of former imperial yeah i mean you know. who knows he clearly has some pull i mean he, mm-hmm. he looked like a dryden voss type of guy i mean some sort of gangster maybe but like nick said i do believe we're going to run into remnants of the empire that are still clinging on to pockets of power because oh, you yeah. know we had these regional governors and they had their underlings on planets to keep order uh, and so i believe with this guy that's kind of who he may be or yeah. he's just some rich gangster type that hires former stormtroopers to be his bounty hunters so, yeah. because that's what we saw and this guy had stormtroopers and i loved how beat up and weathered their, their armor looked i mean you could yeah. tell these troopers these weren't the ones that can't hit the broadside of a barn door either i mean you could tell these guys Hardened they've made soldiers. it this long like yeah they're they're probably some of the the best of the best of the tk units from the the empire's forces uh, so as Nick said, it, you know, he gets that contract from Grief. Grief goes to get the, de- I mean, uh, Mando goes to get the details from this 
we're saying either some former imperial or some dude that is just he's got some power uh, in this universe wherever they whatever planet they were on he's definitely got some pull uh, and then he reveals to the mando the price it's going to be a lot yeah but also what it is and we meet this kind of scientist like doctor character yeah. And he's coming out, and you can tell that this guy's a little shifty. He's a little on edge about this contract. And he's just like, hey, uh, let's uh, try to keep the bounty alive. And you you can tell he's very concerned with the bounty, which we believe is going to be this, probably the baby we've heard. Yeah, it's it's a rumor that's been out for a while. So, you know, like Matt said, the doctor says keep it alive, but then the, uh, the shady character... The Imperial or something like that was, you know, he he says, I know how this goes. I know this line of work. We could do alive or dead. Right. You know? He basically said, if you have to kill the target, your your fee's going to go down. But I get it. You know, if it gets too out of control, you got to do what you got to do. In the end, the most important thing is that we need this, th- this person, yes. which we're guessing is the bounty, probably a young baby. Maybe we're even speculating. Do they have Jedi powers? What? What? Why do they want this baby? Why is it so special? Why does this doctor seem like he wants it alive? Is there experimentations going on? Who knows? But you definitely tell these guys were shifty. Uh, the bounty hunter, even the Mando, I I felt like he was even he was asking a lot of questions. Right, like what, what's going on here? He, like how shady of a job is this? Yeah. So he he essentially asks for a puck again. Apparently a puck is some sort of tracking device. Some sort yeah, of he way was trying to, to get, find this. He was trying to get as many details as possible so he could hunt his bounty. Yeah. So they they don't give him a puck. They give him something else, another tracking device, and then they give him a little bit of information. And basically the the imperial or this powerful guy tells him. If you can't find this guy or this, you know, this person with the information that you've been given here, then you're not as good as as they say you are. Right. So, and then that's kind of the end. That that right. Then it, the, it kicked the right into the the teaser trailer that yeah. hopefully comes out today or maybe tomorrow. Um, but it, it, I'm glad we got that clip because you can't really get tone from trailers. They're just kind of fast cuts, like bam, 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 bam. Yeah. This really allowed us to get a full understanding of what the Mandalorian is going to look like, feel like, sound like, be like. And I, I mean, I'm super excited, dude. Yeah. Super excited. Uh, it's still a few months away here, but uh, just like The Rise of Skywalker, it, it's now out there. Uh, the, the world has been set. Uh, we can speculate our asses off at this point. So. Yeah, the, the characters are introduced, and now, I mean... Once this type of information comes out at Celebration or any other types of events, they, they just build on it. So more will be coming out, maybe not immediately, but you can expect in the months to come that we get more information, more character reveals, more you know inf- uh, planetary names. Because like John said, with this type of series, they can introduce new planets, new people, new you know concepts, new weaponry, new you know species. And they're, they're going to take full advantage of that. I mean, we haven't had any kind of confirmation that this is going to be more than a one-season you know, right. show. But based off what we're seeing here, I feel like you know, if this hits the way that, that Disney expects it to, then we can have multiple You would multiple think seasons. that in, the, in their back pocket they've got yeah. things possibly lined up for season two, just like they did with Resistance. I mean, Resistance is even more different than this because that was still being put out on 
air TV. Anyone yeah. could watch it. I mean, if you have cable or whatever, you could watch it. So you had to probably have a some sort of expectations in terms of audience to green light a second season of Resistance. Here, you know, it's going to be on their own streaming service. Uh, this this season of The Mandalorian would probably pay for the next season itself. Yeah. Uh, I think it probably just comes down to commitments and can they get everyone back? And is, if it is a success, is everyone going to want more money? Yeah. Uh, other guarantees, this, that, and the other. Depending thing. on what else, like what other flagship releases come out with Disney+, Plus, The Mandalorian will be looked at, um, the success of The Mandalorian will be looked at uh, within those subscriber numbers. Oh, I so, I mean, we know we already have some Marvel television shows being talked about. You have a Loki show, and I believe you have a, I don't remember the other one, Hawkeye maybe? Winter, Winter, Soldier, Winter Soldier and Hawkeye, like a team-up buddy cop type of show. Yeah, so, you know, if those two shows are also, you know, dropped at the same time as Mando, then you might be able to spread out the subscriber numbers and you know the reasons for people to come to the platform a little bit more. But if Mando is your number one, then you know if we jump up to a million subs very fast, that's going to look. There's got to be show. some sort of internal measures they're looking at to go, hey, yeah, let's do this again. Let's give Favreau another hundred million and, and see what he does yeah. with a ten episode run. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and he truly is kind of the the showrunner. Yeah, uh, I mean, it sounds like he wrote at least half of the episodes half of the season mm -hmm. but he's not really doing any of the the directing I mean, that's going to be split up between feloni taika bryce dallas howard uh, uh, rick, rick. famuyaya yep deborah chow so um what i thought was really interesting is like we knew that that dave feloni was was involved with the show but we didn't really have an idea to the level i mean he's full on like... i mean favreau called him his star wars sherpa yeah i mean literally that's what he called him so it, it's as expected people dave feloni is the new george lucas yeah I he's mean, the future george of star wars clearly star wars. groomed this guy uh, john was telling a great story of how he, he could almost realize how proud George was of Dave's rise, and, and now he's directing live-action Star Wars. So, I mean, Floney is, is critical to this series, without a doubt. I mean, he's kind of a, helped with the lore, at least. Yeah. And that's kind of who Favreau was running these ideas off of to even get the thing greenlit. So, uh, like, the panel was good. I mean, a lot of, a lot of insights into how this went down and, and why it ended up in being what it is. Yeah. Uh, some other standouts from the teaser real quick, Nick, before we close. We we got a shot of what is probably IG-88 getting yeah. action-oriented. It was awesome. Like, I mean, he just literally blasting just, he just, like, pivots off his head and spinning. He's blasting, not even, you know, aiming. That was pretty neat. It didn't. I know it's not Forlom, but there was almost some Forlom style droid bots in there we saw. Uh, but the trailer was really just kind of quick, quick beat, 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 action, yeah. action, action, uh, stunning with his pronged yes. gun. I yep. mean, you saw some good stuff. Like I said, punching the stormtrooper's helmet and smashing. That was pretty cool looking. Yeah, and then the the fight between Kara and the Mando. So yeah, right, it, yeah, you know that's coming. That's it. All looked fantastic. It all looked exactly like what we talked about. What we wanted from this show. We wanted a more mature feel. We wanted something that adults can watch, you know, and, and maybe kids can wait a little bit for it. It seems like that's what we're getting with the show. And then your guy, I mean, we even saw in the teaser trailer your your buddy Gus from uh from Breaking yeah, so Bad. Giancarlo Esposito clearly is playing one of the main antagonists, I would think. I mean, it looks like he's going to be tasked with probably hunting 
the bounty hunter, the Mandalorian, after the Mandalorian, I'm, I'm assuming, reneges on the contract that he's given in the clip we saw. Uh, but he's leading... I mean, he's got his own TIE fighter he's piloting. He's leading a... It's almost like a platoon or at least a squad of death troopers, regular troopers. He had... Uh, shock troopers i mean they're the red painted helmet deals but obviously original trilogy stormtroopers not the uh, the clones so th this dude definitely him and the other shady nefarious guy we were talking about i'm guessing they're going to be in leagues and, and as we have speculated that they're potentially going to be probably remnants or, or tied to uh, the empire yeah i believe so and i mean just again like the inclusion of that character that's leading that band of, of Imperial Remnant, and that's something that Favreau mentioned too, is they're going to find ways to include relics of the Empire. Right. You know, use the Imperial Remnant in ways that people aren't really expecting now that we're five years out from Return of the Jedi with still no, you know, galactic-wide governance. You know, this is before the rise of the New Republic, and this is after the death of the Empire, so it's a very open period of time to where there is no rule and that is why characters like the mandalorian and the bounty hunters can can thrive in a way within this society yeah. a society with no rules has no limits on what can be done for money so this the, the the chaos here and the lack of order this is all what was pulling at han solo to come back and be a smuggler scoundrel and why he left his his wife and his kid yeah, I mean, let's let's be let's be honest. This it was it was that action that people like the Mandalorian were getting that was probably drawing at Han to get back into the game, and then we saw what happened there. You know, he, he had severe issues with his son, his his dad, his son had daddy issues, and he killed him and all that fun stuff. Uh, but Mandalorian definitely success. Love the panel. It was great tone, great setting. Highly, highly, highly excited. Not that we weren't before, but now we have some stuff to sink our teeth into. And that is all that matters for people like Nick and I. So we will be waiting with bated breath for November 12th when it's going to premiere. I think this is the first time I will truly binge something. I know <laughs> I know, binging, binge watching kind of started with Netflix and its series. And they just dropped the whole seasons there. I, I've never just binged, binged. This will probably be a you know a ten to twelve hour long weekend. I'm gonna spend just just chewing through these and probably reviewing them, recapping and doing all the Easter egg stuff. You know, the kind of our resistance dance. You can expect the same type of coverage for the Mandalorian once Absolutely. it starts this fall. All right, Nick. Well, that is our last cast live from Star Wars Celebration 2019. Sorry again about the quality. I didn't think it was that bad. Definitely a little tinny, but. We got through it. I nearly took myself out today <laughs> with uh, the shenanigans last night, but even that was a good time, and you know nobody got hurt in the end. Just yep. my head hurts a little bit, and my throat from doing the old... <laughs> <laughs> but we did it. Sucked it up. Got over there. Checked out the panel. Once again, got in with QR codes that probably shouldn't have got us in, but that was, that was Star Wars Celebration 2019 in Chicago. There was no need of badges. But whatever. It was still fantastic to attend. It was great seeing Nick again in person, as well as our intern, Ryan. Good times all around. All right, people, we'll be doing a kind of putting the celebration to bed cast upcoming this week on Tuesday, probably, so it'll be out on Wednesday. We appreciate you listening to our celebration coverage. Hopefully you got some insights out of it. If not, tough shit. <laughs> you, you get what you get here, right? Free of charge. All right, may the force be with you, always. <laughs> Oh,